At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. First episode of 2023 for Feather and Fur, your host, Brad Hurlbus. I hope everybody had an amazing break over the holidays, Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, whatever you celebrate. I hope you celebrated it with families and friends and celebrated traditions and made memories. Tonight, for the first guest of the year, we have Mr. Randy. Randy, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to have you on. Um, the Northwest of the country is not somewhere i've had a lot of guests from like my show really focuses heavily midwest because that's where i'm from so i really like bringing in people from the other parts of the country like i've had oregon i've had idaho and now finally washington yeah i i don't think the pacific northwest is a destination hunting area i'm i'm kind of not going to complain about that <laughs> I, well, I don't like I, People, too many people find out some of my spots, but you know, sure, that is I'll, how it is. I think that's that way with every everywhere. The only destination part, like the only thing that I always had Washington on my list was for uh, no, I can't remember what kind of duck it is, a harlequin. When you guys had uh, harlequins out there, but I know they closed that this year. Yeah, I, my nephew's done some of that um, back in the day, and uh gone after those i kind of yeah duck hunting was fun for a couple years and sure and, and then i discovered chuckers <laughs> and did i didn't like sitting out in the cold we uh, had one year where i went over to i used to live in seattle on the west side and so i used to drive three and a half four hour drive every weekend to go bird hunting and we'd usually start with ducks in the morning and end up pheasant hunting and quail hunting in the afternoon and uh it took one time of going out and the 
I showed up on the last weekend of pheasant hunting and my buddy's friend talked us into going duck hunting and then said we had to leave at two in the morning. And I was like, what? Or <laughs> two in the morning? It's like, oh yeah, ducks are going to be in there. We've got to get our spot. Got to, well, got to get our decoy set up. And it's, it's a lot of work. And I'm like, two in the morning? And I'm like, holy cow. I'm like, oh, this is last weekend of pheasant hunting and we're going to go duck hunting. And he's like, but that was all it took. I think one bird came in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was oh. no longer a duck hunter. <laughs> I need to be walking around chasing birds, not uh, sitting in a duck blind where it's freezing cold. I don't think I'd ever been so cold in my life as that morning. It was literally four hours of waiting for light. Oh, so, that's a long wait. Yeah. It, it, I think it was about nine degrees that morning on the Columbia river. Luckily the wind wasn't blowing or it would have been really miserable. I've, I, I will agree. Some of my coldest hunts ever have definitely been duck hunting and I, I still waterfall hunt. I love it. I love late season. I love those last three weeks of the season when we're out here breaking ice and it's cold, it's brutal. All the fair weather hunters are staying home. Like that's really why I love it. Cause the, like the marshes aren't over You gotta be hardy and you gotta want it if you're out there late season. Yeah. So, but I, I mean, thankfully my boat's got a nice enough line where you stick a heater in front of you. You can keep that chill off you and like, it's not miserable anymore. But I remember just sitting on the bank before and just freezing. Yeah. I've, we luckily with us, when I kind of got into bird hunting, um, we didn't do a lot of duck hunting. We just, you know, it'd be just for a couple hours. I'd be honest. I'm not the biggest fan of duck. My wife. Sure loves duck hunting loves duck hunting it's i don't know how she was just a she didn't do anything outdoors really when i met her in here like like bow hunting and duck hunting and she loves turkey hunting too and it um just like what this is you you like all the odd ones at least or i think it's odd you know i thought rather chase duck or chase pheasants and now nah, she's not into that she she don't mind the pheasant hunting. She does not chucker hunt at all. I definitely want to touch base on the chuckers. Like, yeah. I mean, we might as well just roll right into that because I like my passion is grouse and woodcock first and foremost. I'm an upland bum. I love chasing those birds through the big woods of, of northern Wisconsin and the UP of Michigan. And it's it's it can be tough walking if you're if you're breaking the breaking trail, which we normally are, and it's. A lot of times we're in stuff so thick, you can't even get your shotgun up and swing it. Like we're just, it, it, I mean, it's, but I love it. I enjoy it. So I'm really interested to hear like what it's like chucker hunting out by you. Like what, what's the countryside like? Like what makes it tough? Like what makes it hard? What's the challenge? Well, it's mostly sagebrush. And um, actually years ago when I, I didn't even bird hunt really. I mean, it's, when I did start bird hunting, it was, kind of it was because of chuckers um we were sitting around campfire one morning sipping coffee we used to go set up our elk camp a month early and then we'd just go up every weekend and just camp and go cut firewood and get ready for you know what was going to happen three weeks down the road sure and, uh, we do deer hunt so deer hunting usually started you know a couple weekends before that but yeah there was this one morning we're sitting around the campfire with this old timer and uh, I'm like, what is that sound? I'm like, he goes, what do you mean, what's that sound? He goes, that's a chucker. And I go, what's a chucker? <laughs> it's like, 
I'm like, I've only been hunting for six years, five years, maybe at that point sure. in time. I had no clue what a chucker was. And um, he goes, well, you're young. You should see those things all the time running up and down the hills up there when you're chasing the deer and elk around. I go, I don't think I've ever seen one. I go, I've seen grouse up there. He goes, grouse don't live up in the sagebrush. <laughs> He's like, he goes, those are chuckers. He goes, are they gray? And I go, well, yeah, I guess they're kind of gray. Yeah. He go, I've seen a couple. He goes, well, that's what they are. And the next weekend, um, I just, I called my buddy. I said, you want a chucker hunt? And he goes, yeah. And I was, I was I've been saving up a little money trying to get ready for hunting camp. Cause, um, and I, those on Thursday and my boss and me pulled into, we installed gas fireplaces back in those days and, uh, pulled, there was a pawn shop right next door. I had never bought a shotgun and I walked in there and bought a Remington 870 for a hundred and bucks or something like that used in uh four boxes of shells and it was literally the greatest weekend i ever had in my life i mean that's how we got into it we did, i don't think we killed one bird we were doing it with without dogs and i'm like it was a addiction from that point on and uh it wasn't just chuckers at that point that mainly you know but we got into birds but yeah it's we were it's definitely hard because they like to hike uphill all day and fly down so you would you're literally starting at the bottom we will start down in the area we like to hunt there's a creek bottom and we'll start down at the road just off the creek and you hike up and in back in the day we used to hike up and in now we try to drive up and then walk in but when they start flying down you bust up the covey and you just watch where they land and you start hiking down, hiking across. I mean, geez, some what it takes to get a thousand yards sometimes is pretty crazy. They like the rocks. They like the harder the terrain. That's where they like to be. Sure. What elevations so, are you like? What elevations are you normally finding them then? We're some of the areas I hunt are. Not, I don't want you to give up like spots or anything like oh, that. No. That's not. I mean, <laughs> no, three thousand, four thousand feet is typically about where I've I find a lot of mine, and okay. then you probably get a little bit higher than that on an average day. There's there's a few hills that I used to hunt when I was a little bit younger. They're a little tougher now. Um, that I mean, I'm doing two thousand foot elevation gains. You know, I don't even have 2000 feet of elevation gain in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I kind of, the, the bummer part is, is, you know, there used to be really, really good pheasant hunting around here. And, um, I hear my grandpa tell me stories, you know, when he was alive about all the good pheasant hunting and quail hunting and stuff. And I just come to, you know, the first few years I did mostly that was, and I just got tired of not finding birds because I could go out. I can go out every day just about and find chuckers. And the last few years, there's been a lot of chuckers. They've been plentiful. But nice. there's also, I think a lot more people are getting into chucker hunting too. You got some pretty good organizations out there. And I think they, they kind of introduce people more to chucker hunting. Like chucker chasers, you know. You listen. Sure. Those guys, they, man, I listen to some of their stories about, 
what they do on a given day and the miles they put in. And I'm like, holy moly, that's which is it's, it's good. I mean, it's yeah. good and bad, right? Like it's yeah. great that they're getting more attention because that should drive more money and more habitat. Like I mean, yes. if they're if they're focused upon habitat, should reflect it. And you should get people that are conservationists like I'm, I'm a conservationist like people that yeah. most hunters are converse, conservationists as well they want the habitat rehabilitation they want the habitat to constantly be where it needs to be like grouse needs old forest and young forest so we support trim like responsible trimmer harvest and long-term plans and out by you i'm sure there's got to be some sort of plan to make sure the habitat so it's great that they're getting more popular but at the same time you want to keep it to yourself right like you don't want yeah. more people chasing your birds well i i i don't i don't I got one area in particular where I started and sure. um, the same area I started deer and elk hunting. And, um, so it's kind of where I've, it's where all my dogs have started first day. And, um, we, uh, now actually we have a couple dogs that now lie up on those Hills too. We, um, so when, when, are... I'm gone, when I'm gone, that's where I'll be put is up on those, up on those Hills. It's the greatest place in the world. But to me, and a few other of my hunting buddies it's the greatest place in the world but we don't we don't really tell anybody about that area so much sure but there's so much oh my gosh um i think there's tons and tons of chucker there's chucker hunting i haven't even begun to explore in the state yet and it's now that i got a last couple of years i've had an old dog and and um so you could you couldn't go as hard as you wanted now i got my young pup where well, she's two her name's Iris, and um, and now it's time to start going and hitting some of those places up, you know. But yeah, there's there's places even just thirty minutes from here that I've never been to that people talk about and are like, "Oh man, you got to get out there." And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, one of these days." But sometimes right. it's hard. sometimes it's hard getting away from your little honey holes, you know. It, it is hard. It is hard to explore new new land and new property and. <laughs> especially when you have places that continuously produce over and over. Yeah. I struggled with that. Cause I actually just started to like, like to really force myself to do it. I have a small 20 foot camper. Um, I would just be like, I'm going to go camp in a completely different part. That makes that such a far drive that yeah. I'm not going to go there unless I literally can put nothing together around me. Like yeah. if I can find nothing, I'll make the hour drive if I have to, but I've got thousands of acres within 15 minutes of where I set up camp. Like, I should be able to find birds. And that really helped me start to explore those new areas because I yeah. basically gave myself no choice. Yeah. It's a lot around here this year. It's been the weather that's kept, um, I actually haven't been hunting in like three weeks just due to, you know, Christmas stuff and, and, uh, sure. situations. And I actually have a dog that's sick right now. So we've kind of had to tend to him a lot, but, the weather too it's just been oh my gosh we've been dumped on with snow and um my dogs just i've tried every type of boot there is on the dogs and it's i'm just like oh my gosh i'm just not gonna go out you know it's and then once that snow starts getting crusted over your dogs start getting cut up and yep it's it's just a nightmare and then you end up with hurt dog and then you can't hunt for two weeks and until right. the feet up so there's sometimes I do back back out and I'll go I'll go hunt coyotes or whatever. Then I got cattle rancher that lets me hunt their property for coyotes and that's that's my other love that I'm really trying to learn more and more about. There's so much to learn there though. That's crazy. 
those dogs. Predators is different. Like that is just a different ball game. I try to tell people about like, oh man, my heart starts pounding. Uh, I mean, the second I see that coyote coming in, whether it's a thousand yards out or it's right, I've had him walk in 10 feet in front of me and I'm telling you, your heart just starts pounding. Like it's, at least mine does. It's there's, I don't know. It's crazy. It's almost like that first time that buck ever, you know, stood up in front of me. I remember that feeling. And it's like that with every single coyote that comes walking in. But yeah, we try to try to bird hunt as much as I can through, you know, majority of the season. I actually, in our state, we can um, purchase what's, well, we can special draw for what they call a multi-season tag. And if you get drawn on it, you get to hunt modern archery and um muzzleloader for deer or elk and then on our side of the state you also for elk you're only you have to pick east side or west side of the state okay well if you get drawn on that multi-season tag you can hunt east side or west side with that tag also that's kind of the man if you can get drawn on that that's that can be pretty fun especially if you got the hunting partners that are willing to help you out during that muzzle loading and modern firearm season. Cause on one side of the state where I live, it's spike only. Well, an hour and 15 minutes from me, I can be hunting big bulls three point or better. So that tags, nice. yeah, that tags like gold though. I, I got drawn on it once and been still waiting to get drawn on it for the last 10 or 15, <laughs> about 10 or 12 years. Now I think that's how long I've been, somewhere around there i've been putting in for that that they came up with that tag i guess that preference point or is it 100 percent random um i think they give the points what they do do too is whoever doesn't purchase those they put it back into the raffle on a certain day it's first come first serve so Ah. so they'll open those tags back up this year they told us they were raffling them back off and then, so everybody was going to be put back in that drawing. So we all misunderstood. I, I, at a certain point in time, they actually released those tags back out to be purchased from whoever first come first serve. And I was like, oh man, if I would have known that, I would have purchased the elk tag because normally the elk tags sell within you whoever's first in line at the store. There's usually sure. not very many elk tags left. The deer tags I've been able to purchase when I haven't been drawn for like the last, yeah, last five years, I've been drawn on the deer one twice and I just purchased it the other times, which has helped me out because I've gotten my deer each year. Thanks to that. Thanks to that tag. Otherwise, yeah, this year deer and elk hunting was pretty rough. The summertime was I think there was one day during elk season this year that I think it actually almost hit 80 degrees. Wow. Like in the first week of November. I know it was in the high 70s. It was pretty crazy how warm it was. We're used to 60s, <laughs> you know. Well, it's even warmer than I thought it would be. But I guess Pacific, I mean, yeah, you're pretty far. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, yeah, beginning of chucker season sometimes it's a little, it can be pretty pretty warm this year it was definitely in the 80s and um so you can only run the i only run my dogs for a little while i'll see i'll see other guys running their dogs all day long and i'm like boy oh boy that's 
got to be tough on the dog. I'm like, how do you even bring enough water? That was my thing. Like, how are you going to bring enough water with for that? I mean, I would run my dogs all summer long. Like I would keep them conditioned throughout the summer, not only to keep them in shape, to keep them conditioned to heat, but also so I can recognize heat signs of heat stroke and everything else. Like, you know, each other, you know what your dog is capable of. But I remember some years, like, for our pheasant opener it being in the set like 70s and i'm watching these dogs that are not conditioned i'm like man like you guys like need to stop like your dog's gonna collapse here any minute and yeah. i'm like and i would and my dog's conditioned and i didn't even hunt my dog all day i'm like there's no like there's no there's no reason to yeah it's it's between that and the rattlesnakes in the early season the area where we hunt the rattlesnakes are pretty bad um to be honest actually i've only really bird hunting i've only ran into two but um man there i you hear the reports from everybody else it's like all summer long you know gosh the rattlesnakes are bad this year they're really so we'll typically in the mornings you're typically 30 40 degrees and then by about nine o'clock in the morning you're usually hitting about the mid 50s lower 60s and i just yeah at that point i'm just like you know we've had a good couple hours of fun go you know get the dogs out of the heat and sure get out of rattlesnake territory. Yeah. Get them out of the rattlesnake. <laughs> I mean, that's I great. Know. Like you're hearing summer reports that the rattlesnakes are bad. Our summer reports are that ticks are bad. Oh yeah. Like, that's oh. so different though. We have ticks. Um, oh, I'm sure you do, but that's my big concern. I'm like, the ticks are bad. I'm like, uh, I'm like, I'm not listening to like all oh, the rattlesnakes are bad this year. I'm like, Oh, do I need antivine? I'm like, that doesn't go through my mind. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Yeah, nope. Um, each all my dogs are vaccinated. Thank God for that rattlesnake vaccination. I've only had one dog, and come a, he didn't even notice the snake was there, but he stepped right over it, and it was just a little one buzzer snake, and it was he had no clue because we were on a hill where there was definitely some birds, and so he was he had snake was the last thing in his mind. I know that sure. But, yeah. We don't let them live. I'll tell you that. I hate to say it, you know, but gosh, I just hate. That's one thing I do hate. I hate the snakes. <laughs> I like, we get bull snakes, you know, and they say they kill the rattlesnakes. So we let them live, but the rattlesnakes. Sure. Yeah. Our one area, the one area I love to hunt so much, it's horrible with ticks too. Oh my gosh. It's, you don't dare go out not protected. You will sure. ticks on you. <laughs> we found a product out there i can't remember what it's called i just know what it looks like they sell it at walmart it's a bit in a big old yellow bottle and um 
they say it's good for four to five washes. We spray oh, our methrin. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff you know, it actually kind of surprises. So there's high, like there's brands of hiking clothing out there that actually have that built in and they'll last for like 40 or 50 washes compared yeah. to that spray on stuff. I'm surprised I haven't seen it yet in Upland clothing, like right yeah. from the manufacturing permethrin impregnated clothing that will last for 40 or 50 washes. And I'll be honest. Yeah. I maybe wash my Upland clothes once a year. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> like I, I air it out to dry and like, that's about it. Like I throw them back in a bin, like, especially because of like the ticks by me, what I do is like, I'll strip down outside and I'll throw them like in a Tupperware container, like a big plastic tote and I'll put the lid yeah. on it. And then I'll change, and then the next morning I'll wake up and be like, yeah, they're fine. I'm going back out again. Yeah, I'll I'll try to go. I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty bad about that. Well, and then with merino wool, holy moly, right. it doesn't smell. So if right. you wear if you wear the merino wool, you know, in um, I don't know how what type of I I wear a lot of kuyu, and um, the fabric that they use in the pants and and the, I'm like it never stinks either. But I, I'll try to wash it. About every two or three weekends. <laughs> no, I'm pretty it, bad at that. <laughs> as long as it doesn't get muddy, you know, I'll just, I'll let it, I'll bring it home and let it dry. My wife will be like, are you going to put this stuff away? I'm like, you got to let it dry. And then I, I just throw it right back in the tote, grab it the next weekend. I'm like, you get about three weekends down the road, four weekends down the road. And I'm like, ah, probably better wash this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty bad about that. Yeah. Yeah. I Dear I, mean, I got. I can justify it. I mean, I can be like, well, every time I wash, it's just more wear, and it's an expensive investment in quality clothing. Why would I want to wear it out sooner? Like, yeah. I can make a justification in my mind. It's, it's really the fact that I'm just lazy. Like, I'm not lazy, oh. but like, washing my clothes, like washing my hunting clothes, is like the last thing on my mind after hunting. Oh yeah, I I have to make sure to. Um the girls like to have the smelly stuff in their clothes too. You know, my, my wife's kind of got used to my scent free lifestyle, <laughs> but my, my daughter, she don't like it. She's like, dad, my clothes to smell good. And I'm like, well, I just like them to smell like nothing. <laughs> so I always got to make sure there's something's been washed in the, you know, before I throw my hunting clothes in the, in the wash. I'm not Mr. Scent free, you know, make sure to spray everything down before I go out and everything like I'm not that bad, but I don't like washing my clothes with anything that smells. So we don't, the- thankfully my wife is, she's very sensitive to smells when it comes to that. They'll give her a headache. So like year round we're, we're scent free laundry detergent. We're yeah. no fabric soft. Like we don't use scent free fat. We like no sense with any, most of our hand soaps and that's all unscented. Like she uses very scent, like, I, I really yep. don't use shampoo or like that. That has a massive scent to it or any like pretty, I'm almost like scent free year round. It goes a little more come deer season, but not yep. much. No, I um come deer and elk season. I, I really don't. I'm yeah, I'm the same way. I'm absolute scent free. My allergies are so bad. And then I moved to this side of the mountains and they got, oh man, the first couple of years, it was really rough. I can definitely tell you I'm allergic to sagebrush, but <laughs> What's my favorite smell in the world? Sagebrush. I was like, <laughs> I love, I love this stuff. I mean, gosh, you'd be out there in the mornings going chucker hunting after it rains and the way it smells and just like, Oh my gosh. But yeah, no, I'm the same way. I'll get a headache. I just, so everything scent free soap, my soap I use, I buy, I buy, um, 
scent free organic goat's milk soap. My wife's like, you're the only guy I know. That I know. <laughs> like, hey, it doesn't smell. And, yeah, it has, nothing, it has nothing to do with the fact that it's goat or anything like that. It's just the fact that it well, doesn't smell. Like, yeah, I, well, it's it's. I, hey, I don't even. I'm just like, forget shampoo. I just use this stuff. It's great, you know. But <laughs> your scalp doesn't get all dried out. It's goat's milk. Cause support that stuff any day of the week. There you go. Yeah, the dorky. Not, I know it's funny. Like it's it's. It's all about it. It's all part of that experience that we want, right? Like, yeah. It's it's all a part of it at the end of the day. Yeah. Exactly. So I know I'm I'm not surprised ticks are prevalent everywhere, but what like are you got a lot of wood ticks or like deer ticks or like what do you guys like I'm, us by us it's a lot of deer ticks that carry limes. Like that's our big threat when it comes to ticks. I'm told I keep being told, like I've been told by the vet that we don't really have Lyme disease here. That's amazing. So, yeah, I'm like, okay. I'm not even sure. I think they're deer ticks. I think they are. You just don't, you just don't have up. There's hot pocket. Like it's getting worse and worse in Wisconsin. Yeah. Like, I don't remember what the numbers used to be or what they are now, but I'll just generalize it. Used to be like one in twenty five, and now it's one in five. Like it's just become that much more prevalent in our deer ticks that just limes is just exploding. But there are areas where it's not as bad in our state as other areas. It's like kind of like hot spots. So yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if you had deer ticks that just didn't have the Lyme disease aspect, which is pretty awesome because I don't care about the ticks. Like ticks don't bother me. They're no worse than a mosquito as long as they're disease free. It's the disease part that bothers me. I used, I hate to say it, man. I used, when I first moved over here, I, um, when I met my wife and I moved over here to the Eastern side of the state, um, and I used to go out, oh my gosh, I, I'd go out every weekend when they'd, op oh, our one area, they close it down for a couple months for, to let the elk, you know, winter and stuff like that. Sure. So you can, but man, I remember the first year they opened that up and, and I lived over here and I, I think I spent every weekend going up in there and hiking around looking for elk sheds and stuff like that and, and run just letting them because at that time I had my pup my first wire hair and um so yeah we were we'd go up there every weekend and oh my gosh that was before I found out about the the tick spray and I would come home and I'd have ticks on me every single day I would come back and you didn't dare not put tick stuff on the dogs oh my sure I forgot one year to, to give the dogs their front line and I had it setting out on the kitchen counter the whole nine yards and the opening morning I was, I was so excited that the next morning was opener for chuckers and um, a good portion of our hunting part parties was coming up just for that too. So we were all planning on bird hunting. We we're all excited. I was like, wow, this is cool. I'm going to get to hunt with more than just myself on opening day, you know, and just got, and then just got too excited, forgot to put the tick stuff on the dogs and took them out hunting. It took them out hunting anyway, and it had rained the night before. That's the worst. Rain just seems to activate them. And oh my, we all came back checking ourselves for ticks. And then we started, I went, oh, I forgot to put the medicine on the dogs. And we started, I called the wife immediately, said, you got to bring the tick stuff up here. We forgot to put 
the medicine on the dogs. And then we started rolling them over and checking them. And you ever tried checking a wire here? Well, you got a griffin. I got a griff. I know exactly where you're going with this. Oh, my gosh. We counted. I My one dog had over 30 ticks on him. And then the other, our other dog. That, already, that had already had bit? That were already embedded? Nope. Or just crawling? Nope. They were just crawling. Okay. And we were just, we just parked their parked them made them sit right by the campfire and just picked them off and threw them in the campfire i'm like it was yeah that was the last time i ever ever forgot to put tick stuff on them it was oh man i luckily none got embedded i don't think i think only once we've ever come across an embedded tick on one of the dogs i mean 30 is a couple hour run in most of my areas to be honest. I mean, like that's one thing like going, I, I, my first dog was a lab, which yeah. led me into grouse hunting. Cause he was kind of neurotic as a duck dog. Like I've hunted with other labs now where I'm like, man, I was way too hard on my lab and he actually was pretty steady, but like he just wasn't steady enough and he just wanted to run. So I'm like, all right, let's see what, like we were up for grout for duck camp. And, and my buddy's dad was like, let's go grouse hunting. Like, Okay, I'm like my dog. I'm like I don't know what I'm doing. Neither do my dog. He goes, that's fine. Just stomp around. If something flies, something flies. I'm like, yeah. okay. I'll just, he's like, just don't let your dog run until the next county. I'm like, well, my dog has a very good recall and a whistle sit. I'll just keep him in range. That I can do. And that, like, within 20 minutes, it clicked. And my lab's like, I found my passion in life. Like, oh. and I watched him work those wood, and like everything just clicked. But not to get too sidetracked but like i remember coming out of the woods with him and like losing count after 40 or 50 ticks and you oh. can see him and because yeah. it's a short hair it's just like da, 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 like yeah five ten minutes like you pulled like 50 60 ticks off the dog and it's and it's just like all right let's go drink some whiskey and but now with the griff the areas yeah. we hunt it's 30 to 45 minutes on the tailgate between burrs twigs sticks Whoa. ticks like, I mean, I keep a wire comb in my vest. I keep a wire comb in the dog bag. I keep a wire comb in her, like, in my truck at all times. Like, I keep the Mars Coke King. I've got cowboy. Like, where we hunt in the burrs with the wire hair, it is miserable. Oh, yeah. I, um, I, God, I can't remember how many years ago it was, but I was out hunting pheasants, and we got down on a river bottom. And, um, oh, my gosh, my dogs picked up cockaburs so bad and i was just like i'm done i'm not hunting this area no more we just stayed away from the river bottoms i'm just like this is just crazy last time i took my old dog roy it was probably about four years ago we took him to pullman where uh, wsu is and we there's a lot of pheasants there and a friend of mine's like hey we're deer hunting why don't you come you can pheasant hunt we'll drop you off and let you pheasant hunt areas and pick you up and so me and his kid, you know, we get dropped off and then they pick us back up at the end of this area was where we were hunting. Oh yeah, it was exactly that. Finally had to put the brush from the truck in the in my vest, picking little burrs out of my dog the whole time. He yeah, the wire hair came home looking like a short hair after that. It's amazing how thin her coat is towards the end yeah. of hunting. Like I'll keep her, I'll strip her at least once throughout, the, like in the middle of summer, I'll give her good quote, a good stripping. But even then, like her eyes are pretty covered because she's a pretty shaggy hair griff. So like 
her eyes, you can barely see them and whatnot. Like by the end of hunting season, like she has no eyebrows left. Like her beard's almost gone. Like she looks like it's like she looks like more like a Drathar than a Griff at that point. Like people like have no idea what kind of dog she is. Yeah, that's kind of the nice part about the chucker hunting. The area is not um unless it gets super, super cold, you know, and their beard starts freezing and then just breaks off from that. Um, the chucker hunting doesn't take the it it's uh demanding in other ways. It doesn't like I remember going pheasant hunting and the dog, I mean, one day of pheasant hunting and you're almost like, man, should I buy a vest for him? Right. You know, by the end of the third or fourth week and they don't have any chest hair left, Yep. you know? And it's like, you wouldn't think um, that uh, grass would be so abrasive, but it well, is. Agreed. So being a big grouse hunter in the woods, we don't hunt grasses like that. We deal with yep. like burrs from like like different like seed tick, like all that kind of stuff. But I'll occasionally take her out on a pheasant hunt. And like the like her that'll be like towards the end of the season and her paws will be destroyed from that oh. from that grass. Her eyes as well, like just bright red from the grass. And it's like it blows my mind how much more abrasive hunting that pheasant grass. And like by us, we have some standing corn in some of our areas as well. Like yeah. hunting that compared to like the sticks and the, like I wear safety glasses where we hunt grouse because I've taken too many branches to my eyes and oh, she'll yeah. be flying through there. No problem. But like in the pheasant field, it just beats her up. Oh, the f- yeah. I don't, we don't, I don't do a ton of pheasant hunting, you know, I don't, last year, I don't even think I went once to be honest. <laughs> We're going and, and, um, so it'll be, it'll be Iris's first time hunting pheasants. And, um, so, but, uh, yeah, the chucker hunting, it's just, but I've had the dogs, I mean, run into sage, sagebrush. It's the rocks, the rocks just take a toll on their paws. Um, sure. it can be pretty brutal. My, um, my oldest dog, Roy here, I don't know what happened, but about four or five years into having him and all of a sudden his paws just couldn't deal with it anymore. And, um, so yeah, um, luckily I would just hunt him. I would hunt one dog one day and the other dog the next day. It just got too, too hard to hunt both dogs at the same time. At least for me, I just seemed like I would, I had more bird opportunities for myself shooting hunting just one dog at a time and it was a lot easier to obviously pay attention you get some of those spots and you got four you know anywhere from three to four five feet tall sagebrush and then you're trying to keep an eye on your dogs and um i guess i didn't realize the sagebrush got that tall oh yeah i got certain i usually use locator collars on them um, I don't have the GPS, all the fancy GPS stuff like some of the guys do, but some of those sure. guys, dogs run. I've heard stories on Ch- Upchucker podcast about them running their dogs, letting their dogs go out a mile. And I'm like, how do you catch up when your dog's on point a mile in front of you? I'm like, my that blows dog, my mind. It totally blows my mind. I would love to go hunt with these guys someday just to see what it's just to watch their dogs and see i'm like my dogs are good but um how far do your dogs range like what what, like where do you want your dogs range like what's your comfortable range i don't let them i let them range i'll let them range 100 yards 
I just okay. don't, I don't let them, I've never let them range out past that. I think, I think I lost, I lost my one dog once. He got into some cattails and, um, he, uh, my first hunting dog, his name was Hank and, um, Hank had some health issues and, um, one of his, it was really weird about him. He couldn't ever hear right. He could hear you, but he always thought he would always go the opposite direction. And he wasn't, at first I thought he was just being defiant and come to find it wasn't that I don't, he just, I talked to my vet like multiple times about it. And he's, he's like, he must just have, just, I don't know why can't explain it, but he'd be 10 feet in front of me. And if he didn't see me and I called his name, he would go the opposite direction. So the first time he ever got lost in cattails and you're trying to literally call your dog and he doesn't even know which direction to go. Uh, that was it. I didn't, I never let him range out past 75, hundred yards anymore. Sure. I, I just kept them tight it, or kept them closer. It, yeah, that was about one of the scariest days I ever had. I mean, it took me a good hour, hour and a half to get him out of, this, out of there. He just, I could hear him moving around. Um, it got to the point where I literally had to actually zap him with the collar to get him to yelp so I could hear where he was at and then, sure. tell, and then tell him to stay. And I had to walk through this stuff. I was knee high, deep in water to, uh, and then had to get him and then just carried him out. It was that's that's great. Like that's, that's no good. Like that's not good. That was literally one of the, I was like, how am I going to explain this one to the wife? When I mean, I hear stories of people losing their dogs. I never understood how, but yeah, I just, so I just kind of stopped letting them roam that I, he would hold the birds for me to get up. I never had an issue with that. I remember a friend of a, a friend of mine, um, first time he ever went bird hunt, pheasant hunting with me. And, uh, we were out pheasant hunting and he, he'd never hunted with dogs in his whole life. So this was one of the first times he had ever hunted behind a dog. And he's like, your dog is, he's out there 75 yards. I go, you don't worry. That dog will hold. If there's a bird in front of him, he's pointing it. That dog's not budging. And sure enough, he gets out there. I let him range a little extra further that day. <laughs> he was out about 125 yards and he locks up. And I told my buddy, I said, there you go, go get it. And he, oh my gosh, used to see him. He just took off running, <laughs> running out there as fast as he could get the, and then he ends up whiffing it on the bird. I'm like, <laughs> he's like, oh man, I can't believe I missed it. And I'm like, well, you're running like you're in a hundred yard dash. You're going to kind of hard to a bird that's getting up and they're that fast. But I'm a. I've never trained my dogs either. So that's kind of been, um, I don't know. I just take them hunting. We've, it seems like me and my buddy, my, my buddy, Billy, um, speaking of labs, he, I had to beg him and beg him and beg him to take his dog out. I'm like, come on, you got to bring old, you got to bring Lincoln out hunting. And he goes, Randy, I don't, I don't know if he'll listen. And I'm going, well, we got to try it. We, neither one of us would, neither one of us hunted. We just always went without dogs the first probably year of bird hunting, unless we were going to the Tri-Cities and hunting with our friends down there, then they had dogs. So I finally talked him into 
taking old Lincoln out one day and we go walking up this canyon and we seen this huge covey of quail get up from this watering hole and they flew up into the canyon and I said well there we go there's birds there for sure I said we could probably he goes well how do we work this I go I don't know dog <laughs> <laughs> I said, why don't you get on one side of the draw and I'll get on the other and we'll just call him back and forth and we'll see if we run into these quail. And he's like, okay. He goes, man, I hope he listens. And I'm like, so do I. <laughs> so we start hiking up and he's on one side and I'm on the other and we'll call in Lincoln back and forth. And at this lab, you would have thought he was part Great Dane. He was so tall. Um, the 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history, designed by John Browning. The 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. But all of a sudden, he goes running past this sagebrush as my buddy Billy's calling him back to him. He runs past this sagebrush and he turns on a dime. And he just nails this sagebrush. And three quail come flying out of that thing. And my buddy shoots and drops this quail. And this dog never hunted before in his life. This was his first day. Never trained, nothing. Um, ran straight over, picked this quail up runs it back over and drops it right at my buddy's feet. And I'm like, did that just really happen? He's like, I'm like, you've been training you. You've been working with him. He goes, dude, I've never done nothing but play fetch with a ball with this dog. <laughs> oh, so yeah, we were just like, we're like, oh, my gosh, born. That dog, we took him out duck hunting a couple weekends later. And um, we were like, there's no way this dog's going to set in a duck blind. We were both saying it. We're like, we're telling our buddy Chad we should just leave him at home, and um, we'll leave him at home, and we'll we'll uh, we'll come back and get him for pheasant hunting. He goes, no, you guys aren't leaving him at home. You're taking him, and uh, so we're gonna try this out. We'll get him to sit. So we got him to sit in that duck blind, and he was whining for the first half hour or so, and finally that first flock of ducks come flying in, and. Everybody starts trying to call him in. None of us knew what we were doing on duck calls, but we thought we did. And we're, but these ducks, they decided that they were going to commit in the land. And he's seen those ducks and he's kind of watching them and he's still whining. And finally, somebody jumps up and shoots one of those ducks and it drops in the river. And we let him go out and gets the duck and brings it back. And that dog, if he didn't come back in, sit right down next to my buddy, did not make one single peep the whole rest of the i'm like every time somebody starts squawking on a duck call trying to call those ducks in his eyes were the only thing moving he's just watching the sky and he'd wait for us to shoot drop the bird and let him go to re i'm like 
holy crap i've never heard of an and i mean no training no nothing absolute complete crazy natural at everything it was unbelievable that's a terrible first dog like it's an amazing first dog but it's a terrible first dog because the fact like you will have such unrealistic expectations for every dog moving forward yeah (laughs) it's absolute horrible expectation (laughs) i gotta sorry i gotta plug the phone in real fast and um, no worries yeah we're uh it's um pretty crazy it's uh never ever gonna run into a dog like that again that's for sure my um oh there you are we lost you for a second yeah i lost me for a second um yeah. It wouldn't be a show of mine without a slight technical difficulty or issue. Like <laughs> every show's got something small, and if that's the smallest thing we're going to have tonight, this is a good show. Yeah. No, I've I've been kind of lucky that way, I guess. I'm just like my brother finally. Um, how we we went to a sportsman show, and um, we we met this gentleman. He had a German wire hair, and that was it. I fell in love, and I'm like, I got to have one of these ugly dogs. I'm like, I, I gotta have one. And, uh, this just, and so years later when I finally, uh, met, actually my brother was supposed to purchase one, had it all lined up, set up. It was my nephew's first Christmas pre- or Christmas present. And, uh, he's, you know, first dog they'd ever had. And he had it all lined up. Well, the guy's kennel got sick, something happened. And so he had to, he called my brother and said, Hey, um, my whole kennel's got, I can't remember what they had, but he goes, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to let you have your pup in time, you know? And my brother's like, well, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And, well, he ended up calling me one day and he goes, Hey, I'm not going to get a wire here no more. I'm going to, I'm going to get a Brittany. And I said, what? You said, you can't get no Brittany. And, uh, <laughs> I said, he goes, no, doing? he goes, he goes, it's going to be awesome. I said, I'm going to love it. Cause two, it's, Britney's are way smaller than those wire haired dogs. He goes, they're only like little 30 pounders. And I said, that's, that's going to be awesome. And I was, my brother's all, he was, he, he, he called me up and he says, Hey, we're going to go pick up this pup. You want to be a part of this? And I said, heck yeah, I want to be a part of this. this. That'll be cool. And uh, so we go up there and we pick out this pup and he was a little liver and white Brittany and they named him Henry. And uh, that next year, I'll tell you, I took everything in my power to let my, I finally talked my brother into let me hunt. So just let me take him hunting. Come on. It's opening weekend of, it's opening weekend of chucker. Billy's going to be deer hunting. I want to chucker hunt. I said, just, just let me take him. And my brother finally, finally caved and let me take him. And I, I shot more birds in two days than I shot the whole season the first year or the year before my buddy's like, teasing me on everything i was like oh my gosh i said this is like cheating i said i've never seen anything like this this was the craziest i mean because we'd been hunting behind the labs and you know they get the birds up sometimes you know 30 40 yards out you know if you don't have them in check but yeah i was like i'm like billy i it was literally like something you watch on tv on one of those hunting shows (laughs) i'm like i can almost take you to the exact same spot the very first spot that Henry ever pointed a bird for me. And 
Yeah, we, uh, that dog was great. He, uh, my brother's like, he did what he was supposed to do. And I'm like, yeah, it was amazing. Just did exactly what he was supposed to do. And, um, so the next year was when I, I met, actually, I met my wife that hunting season. And, um, I ended up moving over to the Eastern side of the state to, to be with her and, and my daughter. And, um, I looked at her, we'd, uh, I think we had lived together for like two months or not two months, two weeks. And I said, Oh, Hey, by the way, I'm getting a dog. She's like, what? And she's like, no, you're not. And I go, no, I, I didn't move all the way over here. Not to have a hunting dog too. I said, yeah, I moved here for you. And you know, Ryan. And I said, but man, I'm, I said, I I'm getting me a German. She goes, what kind of dog are you getting? So I pulled it up online. Cause back then we didn't have smartphones sure. or I didn't have right. a smartphone. Right. So I get online on the computer and I pull up a picture of German wire hair. She goes, they're ugly. And I go, they're beautiful. (laughs) I go, and the next, I swear it was like the next day or the day after that, we got this store here called, uh, well, back then it used to be called Big R. And it was like a farm and ranch store. And they always had the big reader board in the back. And um, so I go walking past, I, that was back when I did fireplaces. So I went back there to meet the manager that morning to pick up my fireplace to go put in. And there was a brochure on this thing where you pull your little, pull the phone number off it. And the guy had a picture of wire hair pups. And I was like, Oh my gosh. I'm like, I called the guy immediately. And I was like, I got to come see your pups. And he's like, okay. And I see goes, they're, uh, they're ready to come. They're not ready to go home, but yeah, when do you want to come down? So we went down there and there was one pup out of the whole litter that literally paid more attention to us until he whipped out that feather and he whipped out that feather and that, and, um, that dog just, yeah, he just wouldn't leave that feather alone, kept pointing it out. And the other dogs went back to playing with each other. And I said, well, I'm taking this dog right here. And I said, and he's like, Randy, oh, he kept trying to talk me out of that dog. He's like, he don't have the drive. I'm telling you, I, I've been around enough hunting dogs. You've been around these dogs a lot. I said, I haven't really been around them at all, but I said, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm taking that dog. That's the dog I want all the way up to the day that I went and picked up Hank. He tried talking me out of that dog. I'm there to pick him up. And my wife didn't know I was picking him up. She just thought I had a late day at work. She didn't really know I had actually put money down on him. And, uh, so I come, I finally get down there and he was still trying to talk me and take this other dog. And I said, no, I'm taking this dog right here. That's, that's my dog. And I said, you've been calling him by his name. He goes, he knows it already. So he's like, okay, cool. So yeah, me and Hank left and, uh, walked in the house and my daughter and my wife, just about there, my wife didn't even know what to think. You know, she's like, oh my gosh, I guess I'm a dog owner. And, uh. But yeah, we, uh, it was a blast. I mean, gosh, at that time, that was my only friend I had in this whole town. And so he used to go to work with me, go to work with me a couple days a week. And then, uh, hunting season rolled around and, um, he had a little complications with some stuff and the doc vets like, uh, we need to do surgery. And I was like, um, hunting season starts next week. I go, Ken, are you serious? And he goes, well, yeah, and it's like, oh, I said, how long is he going to be out? And he goes, at least a couple months. 
And I'm like, you're serious right now. And he goes, I'll tell you what, I'll make a deal with you. He goes, due to what's going on, I can, we can hold off on the surgery, but you're scheduling the surgery right now. I know what day Tucker season ends and you're scheduling that surgery for a day, no longer than a day or two after it. So I was like, Oh my gosh, thank you. And that was it. Me and that dog back in those days, I didn't work an hourly wage. I worked, uh, I worked a job that was like piecework. So the faster you got done, the faster you got to go hunting. And I met a few people that had land through doing fireplaces and stuff like that. And me and old Hank, literally, we hunted four to five days a week. I mean, even if I only had an hour of light left, I was running home to grab my dog and we'd go hit. Um, There was a lady, her name was Sue Dale, one of the sweetest customers I ever had in my life. And she, she's the reason I coyote hunt too. And, uh, but yeah, she had tons and tons of quail. She just had this little 30 acre parcel of land that was all sagebrush and rocks and um, alfalfa fields. And she'd let me hunt and we'd, we'd go out there. If we only had an hour or two, we'd, we'd go hit it up. And, uh, but yeah, literally three, four days a week, I come home from, come home with the dog walking in. I'd have a handful of quail and the wife would be looking at me like, I'm like, oh boy, am I in trouble? She goes, no, but it's kind of getting late for dinner. And I'm like, sorry. I'm like, I guess what? You get to eat the quail tonight and the pheasant. I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll make chicken for myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I put my wife through the ringer for the first, uh, first year. I'll tell you that. I, she never, ever complained to me. I'll tell it not one time. But I, I knew she was upset on some of those nights just by the look on her face. But she never once complained. So I made compromises as the years gone on. I don't hunt as long. You know, I try to be home at a respectable time. But, yeah, those first couple of years I would hunt from. Well, I've, I didn't have to drive anywhere now. I got used to, you know, when I first started hunting, I had to drive two, three hours to get to hunting. Now, sure. I, drive 15, now I drive 15 minutes and, and I'm hunting. So, yeah, I was like, I used to literally hunt from dark to dark and just, oh my gosh, how she put up with that. I don't ever know. <laughs> but we well, got to make the, you got to make that time in the field count. Oh, yeah. Especially when you're my, driving three hours to get there. Yeah. Each, each one of the, the dogs though, that's thanks to, thanks to my wife. That's how they've learned how to hunt is we just, that's it. We just go. I don't even think. Um, my middle dog, Roy, I, I barely even remember even playing with the wing with him. It was, it was crazy. That dog had so much hunt drive. Oh my gosh. He was, he was ridiculous that this dog, and he's been through just about everything. I mean, porcupine, skunked, um, getting cut by bob wire. Like my nightmare. Porcupine is my nightmare. Yeah, being accidentally shot. Um, yeah, the dog's been through everything, and he's got to be literally one of the toughest dogs I've ever met in my life. I'm, we've had him in situations where we knew birds were down in thick, just nasty stuff that only labs would maybe go down into, and the labs <laughs> would just sit, th- sit there looking at us like we were crazy, and here's this 
five month old pup. We had him out hunting when he was five months old and, um, going straight down into the briar bushes. And I'm looking at my buddy going, what am I going to do if he freezes up that, you know, if he locks up down there and sure enough, we heard the leaves all stop rust rustling around. And I'm like, he's on point. We can't even see him. And I'm like, so we started finding small pebbles to throw down in these briar bushes. And, uh, and finally that rooster comes busting out of there. Of course, everybody missed it, but I'm like the one bird that, cause we were all worried about the dog more than anything. And here he comes running out of there. Like, I'm like, how did you go down in that stuff? The labs wouldn't even go down. They're supposed to be the flushers. And here he is in the middle of this stuff all locked up. Yeah. <laughs> Some dog like bearded is, dog, man. They just don't give up. No, he's he's crazy. The one time that he, I will honestly say that he got, that I accidentally shot him. I didn't even know he, he didn't even yelp. Didn't He just kept hunting. That's he went and picked up my dead chucker because I shot a chucker right before him. And then um, before that happened, I shot a chucker and then missed a chucker. And that was when he stepped out someplace I literally had no clue he was at. You know, I talk about the worst day of your life. Is I mean, realizing that's got to be it. scary. Uh, when I realized I did, we hunted for an hour and a half after that. Um, and then I fi it finally got too warm. And I ran, we went up to the truck and gave him some water. And, and um, he's actually trying to crawl on my lap right now. And uh <laughs> Gave him some water, and I looked down at his face, and I was like, what the heck? Why is your eye all red? I'm like, that's kind of weird. And uh, he's totally going to climb right in my lap right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. We're a dog-friendly show. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm here. And then, of course, you know, I pet him too much, and the girl, the iris needs her attention, too. But uh, so, yeah, they, uh, we, uh, that was about the scariest, I think, scariest thing that's ever happened to me hunting literally then realizing you you were the one that actually accidentally did it i would rather right. see me accidentally do it than somebody else so to be honest i don't i don't think i would want that that to ever happen yeah, i don't either. know how i don't know how i would react in that situation like that's no. not something like that's not a good situation to be in <laughs> no so yeah it's it was definitely a scary moment i've heard i mean I took him in, a gentleman wanted to breed him once because of his bloodline. And I was like, I don't know anything about this stuff. But the guy called me up. He actually called me up on Christmas Eve, wanted me to bring him to him on Christmas Eve. <laughs> I said, I'm with my family. He goes, I really need that dog. My 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 girl, she's in she's in heat like right now. He goes, I'm 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 gonna pay. I'll pay you. And I'm like, oh well, I I said, I can bring him to you on Monday. And this was on Saturday. He goes, okay. He goes, are you sure you can't just bring them to me tomorrow? And I'm like, no, it's Christmas Day. And I go, that's even worse than Christmas Eve. And I go, like, <laughs> I, I said, I, I promise you, you tell me where you where you are, and I will get them to you Monday morning. So Monday morning, he had me meet him at the vet, and they wanted to do he wanted to do X rays and all this stuff to check on him. And that's when he proceeded to tell me, yeah, he's got some bb's in him i'm going um yeah he goes i go it was an accident and he goes well he goes i hate to say this he goes that's how we used to train our dogs back in the day when they get out too far and i'm like what he goes oh yeah he goes 
the dog get out too far, you just pepper him. And I'm like, you're, you're serious. And he's like, yeah. And I go, no, thanks. I'm like, I don't think I could do that. Uh, no. I'm like, wow. yeah. He said, he, this old timer told me, he goes, that's what all I go. I go, is my dog going to be safe with you? <laughs> he, <laughs> he goes, we, we don't practice that way anymore. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I hope my, not. Oh my Lord. I'm like, I can't even imagine peppering your dog because he's out too far. No, that's just crazy. Yeah. Though so, that's, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've, I did, glad I've never, I've seen, never heard I'm glad that. I've never seen that happen. <laughs> but that's another thing. I don't know how a situation. If I watch someone intentionally pepper their dog, I, uh, I, I, uh, I think that'd be the last time with that hunting partner. That's for sure. Oh, if they're agreed, like if they were with me and my hunting group, they're they're excommunicated like instantly. Like you're done. Like oh. there's no way. Like I will never hunt with you. You will never be around my dog ever. No. I'll drive their dog home and leave them sitting there. Pretty much. But like, if I saw like some random person oh. do that, I don't even know how I'd react. No, we have wild dogs um, out on uh, a lot of the pheasant hunting that is done around here is out on the um, reservation. And um, there's actually quite a bit of pheasant land out there, but there's a lot of wild dogs out there too. Not coyotes. Like, where people just end up dumping their dogs and i've ran into a couple okay. of those and i'm gonna tell you what that's scary because they're i've actually had one come literally coming right at me um just a that's mean different. old that yeah mean old pit bull i still couldn't do it i shot the shot in the air got it got about 15 feet away from my dog and i shot the shot in the air and it turned and ran thankfully i'm just like oh my gosh because um, someone else has probably already peppered it yeah i found a puppy once that was horrible um we were out pheasant hunting and i actually found a puppy in um the, the sagebrush and uh i just so happened to be hunting with the game warden guy and i walked down to him both my dogs i was back when one of the days we were hunting with a few people but we kind of got split up from the other guys and um we had my dogs both locked up on this bush and I was, so I'd go walking up to it and I'm like, there's nothing in there. And then they kind of break their point and they start sniffing around the bush. And I was like, what are you guys sniffing at? And I like poke my head in the sagebrush and there's this puppy in there. And there was not a house anywhere around. I mean, for miles. So I like, it had pus coming out its ears out its eyes um out its nose it was not it was pretty much i called my vet immediately and asked him what to do and that was that was horrible my uh game warden friends like you got to dispatch it or you know and i'm like are you serious right now he goes he he misspoke that that, i I look back and be like no no you misspoke because you have to dispatch it not me yeah it was that was horrible so that pup literally the vet said the same thing he goes randy there's no that dog will never make it there's nothing he goes i can tell you over the phone i took pictures that was by that time i had a smartphone took pictures and sent it to him real quick and he's like nope he goes don't even bring it in he goes i'll I'll, 
we'll just have to put it down right then and there. And I was just like, he goes, that dog's suffering. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. So yeah, that was a horrible day hunting. Thankfully that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, that's, that's rough. I mean, yeah. my buddy and I, like we've been doing grouse hunting together for 13 years. I think this was our 13th year of grouse camp. And we have always kind of had a pack. Like if one of our dogs ever get hurts to that point. Like, I know I probably couldn't do it to my own dog. Like, I don't even know if I could do it to his dog anymore. I'm like, I've been around his dog for 14 years now. Right. Like, yeah, I love that dog, but like, there's no way as an owner, like someone's got like, so we've got like that. And I'm, I'm just thankful that day has never had to happen. Yeah. No, I, um, they're my hunting partners. There's no difference from them to my buddy, Billy, or my buddy, Chad, or my brother, when it comes to hunting, those dogs are my hunting partners. And, um, each one of the dogs that actually I have hunted with, um, I have, we, that have passed and, um, this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. We, I have little, like their little, um, I guess you call it a little urn and each one of them is in my hunting vest right now. So each one of the hunting dogs I've hunted behind are literally in one of my, in my hunting vest in my pocket. So they go hunting with me every single time I go. That's awesome. Yeah. No. Like that's that's a that's a hell of a tribute right there. I mean, it just shows how much they imprint on your life and like like what they like they're just such a huge part that bond is so real and like just like yeah. at, like it, if you have never had a hunting dog like and if you've ever gone through the training and the ups and the downs and the trials and watched the failures and celebrated the successes and like all of that and like just how much they impact your life like when they're like that's the cost of a hunting dog like when everyone's like well how much does it cost to own a hunting dog a broken heart like that's what it is like that's the true cost like the food the vet bills those are nothing when at the end of the day when it really comes down to it exactly yeah it's um yeah there's there's i can't even explain it you you know i could sit here and I could probably talk this whole entire podcast just about my dog Hank. I'd probably be balling a few times here and there because the, the, to me that was the greatest dog in the world. I'm just like, you know, and then my brother's dog, even like my brother's dog, I mean, he didn't even live with me. It was just the right. fact of going hunting and spending that time at camp. And when you did go over to my brother's, oh my gosh, the excitement he would get when he would, 
you know, when you'd show up and stuff like Emmy did that for everybody, but you know, right, my right. buddy, my buddy, Billy and Lincoln, oh my gosh, that dog would go crazy when you come walking in the house, you know, and, and it was just so fun. I mean, the times we've had with these dogs and it's, yeah, there's, there's nothing like it. You know, I, um, that's the one thing we're the little bit of pheasant hunting like this next weekend you know, now we got the new dog. Well, she'll be two, or she is two, but uh, next weekend in the pheasant hunting, and my wife, I'm I'm hoping to talk the wife into going, and uh, just so she can watch. You know, I call her the princess, <laughs> so she can watch the so she can watch the princess hunt, and uh, she's actually an incredible dog too. Just oh my gosh, we. Uh, to be honest, we didn't really want a dog, but we I needed one for hunting because Roy was pretty much done. You know, it was like you get to that point where he didn't want to stop, I'll tell you that. Um, but um it was no enough wasn't he's he was too old to go out and so I said I, I just I hate to do it, but I I gotta get another dog and she I think my wife was mad at me even the day me and my daughter went to pick her up and um but now it, it's like we can't imagine our household without her in it. She's She's been such a blessing. And the funny thing is, is now we just realize, like, with her personality and everything, she, yeah, she was totally meant to be, and at the right time. So it's like, yep. But I, I did say I'm not getting it. Um, the two-dog household is definitely tough. <laughs> but sometimes, <laughs> you know, and then you feel bad you feel bad. I feel bad every day I go out and I got to leave Roy at home. It's, mm -hmm. um, I remember that with my lab when I retired my lab and yeah, I, I remember the first time I went to grouse camp without him, which is a five or seven day, sometimes an entire week. I think that year I did 10 days straight. Like I took yeah. off and I remember leaving my lab at home and like his eyes when I left and Pippa, like my Griff's like, didn't even know what the heck we were doing. Like that was her, like, she didn't even know what we were doing. And, but my yeah. lab knew, my lab knew what he was missing out on. And he was just miserable. My I wife took to... him for walks. My wife had him in the forest. Like he yeah. had a good time, like in some nature preserves on a leash. But I think he knew what he was missing. I have to sneak my shotgun out of the house still to this day. Like I, I wait for him to be sleeping the night before and I'll, I'll take the shotgun out of the, of the safe and I'll go, I'll go put it in the kitchen up on the counter. And, um, cause if he even sees the shotgun, it's like, he'll start going crazy. My poor wife, she'll be sleeping and she ain't sleeping no more. Once I walk out that door and leave him behind, sure. if he sees that gun there, nope, she's up at that point. So I did take him hunting on opening day this year, but that was kind of a, he has a little bit of arthritis in his back end. So sometimes he has, trouble with the rear legs um wanting to work properly and so we were a good 20 30 minutes into our hunt and that happened and his rear legs just i was like nope we're going back to the truck buddy you're retired yeah but he got on birds so well that's good yeah his last talk he got on birds and oh yeah that was yep got on birds and so took him home retired him and or took him back to camp and retired him, but sure. yeah, it's definitely still tough though. Cause he get up and leave, you know, in the mornings and go out and he's been a little better about it the last 
I think the last time I went out, the wife, the wife just lets him up on the bed, which I don't ever do. <laughs> She'll pull him up on the bed, and then he's like, and then he's like, fine. That's what she used to do with our other dog too. She pull, <laughs> we'd be at hunting camp, and you know, she would just pull the dog up on the up on the cot, and and um, let him just, you know, let him sleep with her when I leave him behind. <laughs> he earned it. He earns. He earned the comfort in retirement. Oh yeah. I'll pull back into camp in the mornings. I'll come rolling in, you know, especially that early season, you know, and I'll come walking. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? You're like, just throw him in the crate. He's just like, are you crazy? He deserves this. And I'm like, oh, I guess you're right. <laughs> he definitely gets pampered now since he, he's been sick for about a week. And so it's, that's been a struggle, but he's, uh, he's starting to get around pretty good again. So well, that's good. Yeah. Yep. So it's always it's always scary when they get to that age and they start to get sick. Like something happens because you never know. Uh, like once they're that old, like you don't know what's like how bad it's going to be. Yeah. Oh yeah. The the vet always like with our first dog. They used to make fun of me. They tease me when I bring him into the vet. You know, because uh, I I I brought him in for everything. Oh my gosh. Uh, this is the first dog I ever spent money on, you know? Right. Right. And, uh, and he literally, he was like everything to me. And, uh, um, so they, they teased me, Randy again. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, like, sorry guys. He got to the point where he wouldn't even, my vet is awesome. I'm, um, super, super awesome guy. And, uh, he, um, there, he didn't even charge me half the time when I brought him in. He just, he'd give him a quick little look over and Randy, he's good to go. And I'm like, okay. He goes, next time you could just call. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can do this oh. over the phone. That was it. It was like somebody with their newborn baby, their first baby they ever had, you know, I'm, I'm just like, that's how I was. It was, it was horrible. I was just like, my wife's like, what are you taking him to the vet for this time? Oh, it was like, but yeah, it's just, it, I don't know. He sneezed, I, it, but you know, and then there'd be a couple times where I wasn't going to take him and the wife's like, you're taking him. He, he got, I went hunting on Thanksgiving, the first Thanksgiving we had him. And um he uh he must have ran into barbed wire or something because he got down in this really thick stuff and um all of a sudden I heard him yelp and I called him and he came right back out and I didn't I'm like, what'd you yelp for? I'm like, I didn't see really what you know what happened and got him home. We hunted for a little while. That was actually my last field I was hunting, so Plus, I didn't want to get in trouble and be late for Thanksgiving dinner. So sure, I'm like, sure. we better get Priorities. out of here. So we get out of there. We we head to my um, my wife's grandparents' house and uh, come walk. And it was the first thing she noticed. What'd you do to my dog? I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, he's got a big old cut. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even notice that. And I'm like, oh, he'll be fine. And she's like. You're taking him straight to the vet tomorrow morning. And I go, no, I'm not. So she got up and she literally took him to the vet. And she comes back. Home. I told you so. He ended up with like five or six stitches. I was like, oops. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. It looked good to me. I'm like, 
she goes, all the dumb things you've taken him to the vet for, and you weren't going to take him for this. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, sorry. I'm like, yeah. Like, now I know. Now I know you, next time. And I'm like, now I got And I said, now what am I supposed to hunt next weekend? <laughs> that was my exact response. <laughs> She's like, she said they'll be able to come out in less than two weeks if you'd leave it alone and not take him hunting. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, I'm supposed to skip a week in a hunting. So I'm like, yeah, that was back in the day where missing a week in a hunting was definitely not something that was happening. Is that what you call the, <laughs> yeah. the brothers, Brittany? Oh, yeah. my dog's my dog's on the my dog's on the bend for the weekend. Yeah. I got that Brittany. That Brittany wants to go. The Brittany yeah. wants to go. Let me take the Brittany. If he if he would have lived over here, I definitely would have did that. <laughs> Old Henry was a good dog. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. That's and my awesome. brother. Yeah, it's funny how you treat one dog and then you get the other one too. So, um, that's yeah. Iris, now she's our first girl dog. My my brother's first dog was Henry. And now he has a girl dog. Oh my gosh. Is she spoiled freaking rotten? Oh, he's like, you just wait till you get your first little baby girl. And I'm like, <laughs> it's just another dog. I'm like, thinking it. Oh no. Well, I, my wife's like, you're just as bad as your brother almost. She's like, I'm, I'm, I literally, she, I does. I either call her baby girl or I call her the princess. And my wife's just like, oh my gosh, she's no princess counter surfer. Like, she is bad with counter surfing. I haven't been able to break her that one yet. But yeah, I'm like, she's, but she don't, here's the best part with her. She doesn't like being, it's, she doesn't like being yelled at. So she doesn't like being scolded. So you, you just raise your voice a little bit at her and she goes and lays down. And sure. uh, there she is sticking her nose in my like she knows better than talking me, about me. Yeah, talking she, about me. She knows better than to give me kisses too. <laughs> no kisses. But yeah, she don't like to be she'll go she'll go pout. If you uh raise your voice at her, she'll go pout. It's uh it's it's pretty awesome. I'm just like I've never seen a dog act this way. But she's so good. So she really doesn't ever get in trouble other than counter surfing, which sure I'm like yeah, we never catch her till it's already over. So she's she's pretty she, she's pretty that good German at it. blood. That German oh yeah, blood. <laughs> my old dog Hank. He used to do that. You know, so I'd be laying in the recliner, and um, I'd sit there. He'd literally wait for you to fall asleep, and then he'd go <laughs> sneaking it, and he'd walk super super slow into the kitchen. And so you didn't uh, hear the nails on the floor or anything. Oh yeah. And then he get oh, and he keep turning around, and so I one time this is when I finally caught him. I just I kind of kept my eyes closed, like I was sleeping, and where I could just barely see him, and um, caught him all the way to when he went to. He's literally sneaking in there as slow as he can, puts his paws up on the counter as quietly as I can. Iris <laughs> thinks she's a she thinks she's a lap dog here, about ready to lay down in my lap, but uh. Oh yeah, caught him. I'm like that dog was so smart, and I'm just like, it was it was just crazy. I was, I'm like, I can't believe you sat there was that patient about sneaking up on the counter. But treats it like bird hunting when you got something re when you got a rooster starting to run. He's like, all right, I gotta be sneaky about this. Got to pin yeah. this bird down. <laughs> yeah, that dog wasn't the greatest pheasant hunter in the world. I will say that, but man, he could hunt chuckers like there's nobody's business. 
what's the bummer part is is his last year the last year i hunted him that he was oh my gosh he was so unreal it was uh, every day i took him out it was like oh man i never never seen a dog work like that and just it was so beautiful just to watch in and of course i just couldn't hit the broadside of a barn I've gone through a couple shotguns now trying to get back to where I could shoot. <laughs> I finally I finally got one that I'm shooting better. I'm like, I've gone through multiples now. And I'm like, I tried, actually, I sold the one shotgun that I used to always hit birds with. And because um, I'd hit, I'd knocked down a couple big old roosters and they ended up running on me. And so I said, I'm no way i'm getting rid of this 20 gauge and i'm going back to a 12 gauge that was the biggest mistake i ever made because every gun i've owned since then i just can't shoot them and i was like i finally got a gun i'm i'm starting to get good with again and can shoot birds again thankfully for iris <laughs> oh, old poor poor hank's like looking at me that like, i'm doing all this work and i'm like i mean there was days where he'd hold those chuckers which chuckers don't like to hold either they're they're known for jumping 30 40 feet out or yards out you know and um he'd work those birds and and hold them and you're just like oh my lord i'm like it was it was literally like magic watching happen the dog was so amazing on chuckers I always called him the greatest chucker dog in the world, but of course everybody's dogs are the greatest dog in the world, right? <laughs> yeah, you definitely have that. Like I don't say that about mine. I rescued her and I know like she's amazing for what she is and what I for how long I've had her. I yeah. won't talk her up that way, but I'll be but I I'm a little realistic where I'm like, she ain't perfect. Like don't yeah. judge my don't even judge the breed by her because she's got some she's got some baggage with her. Yeah. But she's an amazing dog for what I had to work with. Yeah. We're hoping the next year maybe start working Iris. Um, my nephew guides, so he has a guide service and mostly mostly fishing. But uh, yeah, my nephew runs Markel Outdoors, and uh, they mostly fish. But I I think I got him talked into next year doing some casting blasts and um and using Iris and uh nice see it and see how that goes that's a lot of fun because i have never done it but i can't imagine it not the people that tell me about it say it's just amazing you you fish and you're fishing on the river on the columbia or the snake and then you uh you can hear the chuckers talking on the hillside so you jump out when you hear the birds and i guess you, you just go hunt them up and uh interesting come back to the boat when you're ready to come back to the boat and I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounds like a blast. I'm like, the wife can stay in the boat because she likes to fish more than she ever will like to chucker hunt. And and I can just chucker hunt. I'm like, sure. Yeah. And that's what they like. They like those rocky, nasty areas. And um, it's uh, in the water. They got to have the water. Seems like all the birds we hunt mainly find them mostly around water. Some of the places I find the chuckers, I'm like, gosh, there ain't water anywhere around here. I don't know what you're doing here. But but a lot of times there's usually a river bottom or creek bottoms nearby that they can get to. Yeah, they don't call them the devil birds for nothing. (laughs) 
And I've, I've taken quite a few people chucker hunting and they go one time and, um, don't ever come back. <laughs> it's like, whoops, sorry. That was a little much for the first time. A little much. Yeah. I was like, you could have warned me about it. I'm like, Boy, well, I don't know what to tell you. They like to, they like to run uphill all day. I try to, I try to find spots to start out in the morning where you're kind of starting out up high. And I know where to hike to certain area and, you know, kind of work into the day that way and then sure. start, hit, you know, get your legs going and get the blood pumping a little bit. And then, and then, you know, go start hitting the heart harder stuff. But wow, it is what it is. If you're in shape, you can do it. It's, I know a lot of people call it the extreme hunting for it. Trust me. I hear some stories about other ptarmigan. I've never done that. And, um, I hear that's pretty extreme. And then there's another bird called the snowcock, Himalayan snowcock. And they sit up like over, I've listened to quite a few um, podcasts on those. And they're, they're up around 10, 11, 12,000 feet. That's the hot. guy. That's... Yeah. The guy's. Ruh -roh. We lost you, Randy. If you can hear there me, we oh, go. there you are. Now you're back again. Had yeah, to plug those that phone guys, back in. <laughs> those guys with the um, Himalayan snowcocks, they don't even use dogs. They like hike in and they hike up to those heights, and then they um, they literally just hike around and scout for them and try to listen for them. I guess. Interesting. And, and then try to do a, literally a spot and stock on them. I'm like, that kind of sounds like it could be fun, but I think I'd still want to bring my dog. I'd miss the dog. There's no doubt yeah. in my mind I'd miss my dog. I think that's a huge portion of why I even do do this. You know, a lot of it is a, about the dog. I mean, I got into it not with the dog, but once I added the dog to the mix, that's when the that's when the addiction set in. <laughs> that's for Agreed. sure. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed 100%. That's where everything changed. Oh my gosh. It's yeah. My, um, that and the people I've surrounded myself with that, um, that, that helped me even get along this, you know, pathway of hunting. I didn't hunt until I was 24 years old and it was my younger brother who actually invited me to go hunting. And I literally looked at him and go, I don't, know if i can even shoot a deer and he's like <laughs> well guess you don't know if you don't go and i'm like yeah you're right i didn't i'm like do i go buy a rifle i don't even know what to do and i had a buddy who was from montana and he goes i'm going back home here in a week or so i'll, I'll see if my dad will let you borrow my 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 hunting rifle and i was like sure. okay so he brings home this 30 30 lever action no scope trying to shoot mule deer with a 30 30 lever action at like 400 yards i found out that i could shoot at a deer but at 400 <laughs> yards with iron sights it wasn't really going to work out too well but uh that was that was a quick lesson right there this doesn't work <laughs> oh yeah i'll never ever ever forget that weekend those were oh sleeping in a pup tent on the ground I, I don't know, know if I ever been so cold in my life, you know, I was just, but boy, what a great, 
great time we had. It was amazing. That was um our first week. I think it was my very first weekend ever hunting. And then, yeah, we had, oh gosh, I actually rent almost, um, I didn't never seen an elk before in my whole life. And I'm like, there's this huge bull elk 50 yards from me, just bugling away, just screaming. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, that is the biggest deer I've ever seen in my life. And I'm just like, I'm like, holy crap. I literally thought it was a deer. So I snuck over to the next tree and there was three more and I'm going, oh my God. I'm like, there's no way that's a deer. And I luckily, for my sake, I did not shoot it. Oh, this is some dumb little city boy that didn't. I mean, first morning out, my brother's just literally here. You're going to walk up this hill and you're going to go sit up there. You're going to come through a clearing and you're going to get out of the clearing and sit on the hills on the, the it, sit underneath the tree up on the other side of that clearing. I'm like, okay, cool. I got, sure. I can do that. No problem. I'm like, I go, what's an elk look like? And he goes, they're huge. Why? And I go, uh, well, I almost shot one. And I was like, I had no clue what it was. And I was like, but I knew it was too big to be a deer. He goes, <laughs> oh my gosh, are you serious? And I go, well, at yeah, least I didn't. Yeah. I, I, I decided not to. It just seemed a little too big. And I was like, so yeah, that was my very first morning out, but I'll never, I'll never forget that either. I mean, that big bull was just screaming away and to get the witness something like that on your very first morning out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's that was awesome. Hunt. Yeah. That was, that was super fun. We, we must've hiked all day back in those days too. I mean, all day long, go back to camp for lunch and go right back out and just hike in those Hills and the, just we kind of it's i guess we're where we started deer hunting and where we do it's kind of i call it the it's kind of like the foothills to the cascades i guess it would be okay. i mean some people kind of say we're high desert i don't really it's kind of like i mean we're not super high here where we're at but um we kind of get that same weather though like i mean we get a lot of sunshine and it gets hot but I know, like, where my grandmother lives, um, my aunt and uncle, uh, they're, they're definitely high desert. They're, another, they're at, like, 2,700 feet, and it's definitely different than Because at night, it at least cools down there. They'll have 90-degree days and wake up in the morning, it's 50. Oh, yeah, those God. desert temperature swings are great. That's... That like when I was in Arizona racing back when I, back in a previous life, I used to do off-road racing for a race team. And like that sand just doesn't hold heat, like yeah. blazing hot during the day. And all of a sudden that sun goes away and it's like someone turned off, like turned off the furnace. Yeah. Yeah. No. Crazy out there. As soon as the sun goes down at, at, at grandma's house that it, that you better go put on a long sleeve t-shirt in it. It's just, oh my gosh, I love, love, love that weather. I'd probably be living there, but there's no bird hunting really around there. They say you got to drive hours to get to it. And I'm like, oh, I already lived that. I, I lived that lifestyle once. I'm not going back to it. I, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't I told, either. I told my wife, we have rules. I said, I, I can't live in a state that doesn't have chucker, 
or mule deer. If they don't have chuck or mule deer, I can't live there. I don't, and, I, and I don't want to be an hour from them either. <laughs> no, exactly. We might, we don't have the greatest deer hunting in the world around here, but I can still go deer hunting, you know, in sure. 30, 30 minutes from my house, you know, or, an, or, you know, chucker hunting or coyote hunting and stuff like that now. I mean, yeah. Jeez, you just go good. some. I mean, it's nice to live close enough where you can just get outside. Like, yeah, have something to pursue and some sort of passion that's close enough where you can just get after. Like, you don't need to invest an entire day's worth of driving to go out there and do it. Yeah, no, that part's definitely a blessing. Definitely a blessing. And uh, yeah, I can't, and I can't say enough to have my wife be my wife and put up with my BS because, <laughs> um, yeah, I've never, she get, I've asked, Hey, can I go hunting tomorrow? And, uh, I usually will get chewed out for asking. So yeah, my wife is, oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine not having her. That's for sure. Be back to somebody complaining at you for hunting all the time, I guess. <laughs> so, like, my wife leaves me. I'm just going to stay single. It'll just be me and the dog. Life will be way easier. <laughs> that's funny. I, I think that's believe- a, I was going to say, I think that, I mean, we're at an hour and a half here. So I think okay. that's probably, I think in the wives for letting us chase these crazy birds and have our dogs is probably a good point to start wrapping this one up. Yeah, no problem. You're going to have to, um, there's a open invitation for you. This season's almost over, but next year you come out anytime you want. We'll show you chucker hunting. I'm going to, I don't, I'm not sure if I'll take it up. I'm going to take you up on it eventually. Yeah, no, that's just my dogs. Like to the point of almost being retired, I'd love to bring a younger dog out there to do it with my own dog. But if I wind up, if she get, has to get retired and I can't bring in another dog yet, then maybe I would take off and go hunt over your dogs because yeah. I won't be able to hunt over my own. So I'm going to take you up on it. I just don't know yeah. if it'll be this year or maybe next year. Yep. Nope. Anytime that door's open. we'll. Uh, Same to you. If you ever we'll, want to come we'll, out this way and chase them northern Wisconsin grouse and woodcock. Yeah. Be fun. It'll be fun. It's it's a good time. We'll get the right get the guys around. And like I said, I I I've put myself around a select few that are. There's a reason. There's a reason they're my friends, and there's a reason we hunt. And uh, and it's just oh my gosh, that's just the greatest time in the world. I know that. Agreed. It's all about the friends, the traditions, the experience, the dogs, all of it put together. It's just that's what drives me. And I can tell that's also what drives you. It's that entire, it's not the killing of the bird. It's everything that goes along with it. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. I can care less if I get the bird, but you know, right. As long as the dog, as long as the dog got to chase it and I got to watch my dog work, I'm a happy guy, whether the bird falls or not, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I know you've got an Instagram account. So if you want to let everybody know what that is, or I can, if you don't know what it is off the top of your head. Nope. It's wired for birds. So Um, everyone listening, go give him a follow. I'll link it in the show description as well. So you can see what it's like with his bearded dogs out in Washington. Yeah. Thank you very much for uh, the invite to do this. I appreciate it. It's 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 a really fun. fun show. Just, just hanging out, chatting, talking life. I mean, yeah. It's a really good way to start off the new year is just sharing experiences and it's a good show. Like I, yeah. I, this was a fun one. 
Yeah. Great. Be awesome. I, I, I know my family's looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love my, it. That's awesome. my nephews are like, what you're going to do, you're going to do it. I'm just like, Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, well, they'll all be excited. They're like somebody that hunts like you do. Uncle Randy deserves to, you know, do something like this or it was going to be so fun. So yeah, awesome. they were super excited. So, all right, well, I'll let you go. I appreciate you coming on to all my listeners. Thanks again for tuning in to the first episode of my show for season six on Paddle and Finn. And until next time, keep chasing that experience. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures. Your Midwest premier paddle sports destination. Go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina, the beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. And Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today. Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss Life on the Water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. <laughs> the destination for outdoor entertainment. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.